I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 36. Want to learn from the top 5% of mortgage brokers in the country? Then you have come to the right place. Join Scott Peckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hi, Broker Nation. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Marcy Dean. Marcy is a mortgage broker with Mortgage Architect. She's been a broker for seven years and is based out of North Vancouver. I am stoked for this interview today. Marcy, are you ready to rock? I'm ready. Awesome. So I always like to ask, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Personally, you mean? Yeah, personally. Okay. Yeah, I'm a mom in North Van, married for 17 years. We have two kids, age 12 and 14 now. So I guess that's teenagers. One is very into hockey and the other is a competitive figure skater. So I spend a lot of time in ice rinks. Yeah, so it's cold and usually early mornings too, right? Yeah. The last two days up and out the door by 510. Oh, wow. And so what about the mortgage business? How did you get into the mortgage business? Because my experience has been no one really says when they leave university that I want to be a mortgage broker. You <laughs> kind of end up there. So how did you end up here? So I did an arts degree at UBC and I was working back then in the late 90s for Canada Trust. And we underwrote deals with a pen and paper and a calculator and would fax them down to head office. So that's what I did as a part-time job going to university. Got me interested in the industry and I decided when I finished my arts degree to do my urban land economics degree, which was another four years. So I did all of that and kept working for Canada Trust until I guess it was late 90s. I went to work for a commercial real estate company, which I loved. But when I had my kids, that industry and traveling didn't work for me. We were doing projects all over Alberta and Northern BC. So came back from my maternity leaves and taking some time off with kids and really just met a a broker and decided to join her business. And I had my urban land economics. So it was all kind of just by accident. I looked at what I'd done over my many years and decided that underwriting and helping people get mortgages for residential deals was my favorite thing to do. So when you worked at the bank, then you were working directly with clients. You're sort of behind the scenes. Sometimes I would take client appointments. I was pretty young back then, so they didn't have me in front of clients very often. I was more, and also it was, you know, I'd work like a Tuesday or a Wednesday night from four to eight where we didn't really have clients coming in at that point. There were just applications that had been taken all day long in the branch mm-hmm. and they needed it packaged up and sent in for approval. Right. That's a good way to and get, your, totally get your different. Get exposure <laughs> to And so the, when you switched to brokering, how did you find the transition from, you know, that you're doing some land stuff, but so what was the transition yeah. like? You know what? The hardest part was figuring out all the lenders. I could underwrite a deal. I knew how to package up a mortgage. I knew how to figure out debt service and look at credit bureaus and all of that really in all the years hasn't changed, but I was, had no idea where to send it. So that was the big learning curve is like, who are all these lenders? When I was in the banking side, there were very there were no monoline lenders. We had a couple of brokers on the North Shore that we sent our very worst deals to. So, you know, it changed a lot. And that part was really a lot of learning. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And so before we dive into your story, I always like to ask about a success quote that has impacted your life or business. Because for me, quotes distill an idea down into something you can take with you and it's memorable and you can kind of reuse it throughout the day. So can you share a quote that has really impacted you? Yeah, that was a hard question, but I did come up with one. So a few years ago, I heard Scott Stratton, who's an author. He's written Unmarketing and now Unselling. Do you know who he is? Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, I heard him speak. And his quote is, when you're good, you tell people. When you're great, others say it for you. Right. That's all. That's good. So how have you applied that quote? When you're good, you tell people. When you're great, others tell people. How have you applied that to your business? Well, I think my whole business has been built on referrals. And I think that 
when he said that and when I read a bunch of his stuff, it just really reinforced focusing on building relationships versus trying to plaster your name out there. And, you know, I focused on having other people tell my clients they should be using me versus me saying, use me, use me. (laughs) Because personal relationships and having a personal referral has been the way I've built my client base. Right. So yeah, I'm the same way. I have a very much referral based business. And so do you have like, what do you do in order to be obviously in order to get referrals? One of the things you need to do is be outstanding. So how do you do that when you're with these referral sources? So do you have any like things that you're doing that are making them say, Hey, you got to talk to Marcy? Yeah, I have a pretty succinct follow up system. I use a lot of stuff from the lion's share, which is, do you know about Claire Dre? She's based out of Ontario. She's a broker and she's come up with systems. And basically, it's broker in a box. Mm-hmm. And I have all of her stuff. So it's taken me a few years to adopt all of it. But I follow her systems from the client intake through pre-approval or approval and then follow up after the deal. And so what kind of impact does that have on your business since you implemented with her stuff? It's been growing steadily every year. And the more what I find is the more of her systems that I adopt and follow consistently over time, the more my business grows. Hmm. So this year, I've been a lot more diligent and I've noticed another shift of increase in business, which is great. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. You know what? I've heard of that group before, but I, I've got to look them up because I'm going to have to yeah. do some homework on we them. We need to interview her. She is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That'll be, that'll be great. Yeah. So I also think as a mortgage broker and a, an entrepreneur, I've had failure over you know the years that I've been doing this, but looking back, there's always a lesson in the failure. So can you share an example of something that you'd failed at, but looking back, there was a lesson? Yeah, I've tried, you know, you, you, especially at the beginning, I'm impatient. You want things to go faster. So I, I delved into some types of marketing like flyers and other mail outs and things that really didn't work because it all came back around to the fact that it's a personal relationship business. So I shouldn't have really bothered with all that, but it was a good lesson in getting me back focused on things like my BNI group. I'm part of Business Networking International, and that's a huge, that's probably 40% of my business right now is somehow mm-hmm. directly or indirectly through BNI. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so these like marketing campaigns, you did these mailings and stuff. So what kind of stuff did you try? I think we tried some, like with a realtor, we tried some, I've tried different types of mail flyers. There was a more of a personalized letter that we mailed out, it really had zero impact on the areas I was targeting. I have said at the start, I spend a lot of time in ice rinks. Mm-hmm. So at the specific rinks that I hang out at with my kids on a continual basis, I do have rink board ads there. Mm-hmm. And I would say that they don't maybe directly bring me stranger business, but through my network of people I already know through the hockey team or through the skating club, I have acquired clients who maybe didn't realize that William's mom was a mortgage broker. Right. And then, you know, but I would say that those types of random advertisements really don't work unless people kind of know who you are already. Right. But that's kind of clever, actually, if you're going to be at the rink all the time, if you have your, do you have your picture on there? So people actually see, or is it just your name? No, it's, so our thing is ask, ask about mortgages and ask Marcy. So that's all on there. And there's a, it's actually a caricature which I've used since the beginning. And yeah, it horrifies my teenagers that there's a cartoon image of their mother watching them skate. Like, That's awesome. Do they, shoot pucks at it? Do they shoot pucks at it sometimes when they're like, oh, well, really? my, yeah, my husband who also plays hockey says that he's sure the eyes move and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
But you know, it's a kind of a clever idea because it's indirect, right? If they know you and meet yeah. you and then they look over and they're like, hey, that's you. And then they draw the connection and it's not like you're, you know, vomiting your business on them. You're just being, you know, mom at the rink and but you also happen yeah. to be in this profession. Exactly. I think that's pretty clever. So one of the things I've noticed talking to successful mortgage brokers is they have systems and processes and they're willing to tweak those processes in order to get a better result. So I want to ask you about an administrative process that maybe wasn't working as well as you'd like and then you tweaked it and what kind of outcome you got. Yeah. So the first one that would come to mind would be with my pre-approval. For a long time, you know, you get a client in, pre-approve them and then just sort of randomly touch base. How are things going? I actually have a system now where I remind myself through my database and CRM to follow up with them. And I have an email that goes out and they're all a little bit different. And with each email, there's a tool to help them in their search. So the first tool is a home buying checklist that they can take with them on their weekends of house hunting to pick off what features the house has and what it doesn't have. And then I have things like CMHC guides to help pick your neighborhood. And that goes out on the next one. So it's really improved my, basically my pre-approvals keeping me top of mind through the process. Because as we know, sometimes it can take people months. And then they reply back and they like the tool. And so we sort of start building the, a good relationship through their house hunting process. So how many emails do you have? Like a, a, a sounds like a drip campaign. So how many emails it's, do you have in it? It's six every second Friday. And sometimes if I know people are really active, I in there, we'll be phoning them and popping them other emails like, hey, you know, if they write me and say they're making an offer, I'm still talking to them in between. But every second Friday, for sure, they're getting an email with some sort of a tool or attachment to help them through the process. And these atta- these tools that you've created or that you're using, most of them are stuff that someone else has created, right? So you're not like reinventing the wheel. You're just using stuff. Exactly. From- yeah, that's clever. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it was through the lion's share, some of her stuff that she has, and I've tweaked it. All of her stuff is changeable to your own brand and you can just sort of take things and ship them a little bit. Right. That's awesome. And that sounds like an administrative process, but it almost sounds like a sales process. But so the next question is going to be on sales processes. So can you share a specific sales process maybe that wasn't working as well as you'd like and what kind of outcome you got once you made a tweak to it? Yeah, that was a harder one because I the admin and the sales seem to come together sometimes. But one of the things that I started doing last year was before I even meet with people the first time, I make I try to get an application and the consent all signed and sent back in, as opposed to meeting with them to take an application. Mm-hmm. And that's really improved that first meeting. We just talk more about mortgage payments and amortization schedules and get to know each other, as opposed to me trying to get all that information down. Right. And so you do that, are you getting them to do an online app or are you phoning them and just filling it out over the phone? Uh, online or I send them a PDF to fill out or if they prefer, I kind of offer three things in mm-hmm. my first initial email. And again, that's a process that I've tweaked through the line. Sure. Right. And which one is the most popular with your clients, just out of curiosity? Funny enough, they like to fill it out with a pen and scan it back to me. Hmm. That is the way I get, it's very strange to me, but that's people like almost 80, 90% of the time say, yeah, okay, I'm going to print this and fill it out tonight. And I'm like, okay, wouldn't you just want to click on this button and fill it out online? But they don't. Hmm. And so what is the demographic? Because I find that sometimes like the demographic of your client can influence their choice in how they fill out your application. 
What do you think you're... Yeah, my, my, that would be for my first-time buyers, actually, who are in their sort of late 20s to mid-30s. They're the pen and paper crowd really? right at the moment, which is very funny to me. I kind of laugh every time I get one, but all neatly sold out with pen and paper. It must be the sophisticated crowd in North Van that are like, no, no, I'll use a pen, I I'll use a pen darling, with an ink and quill. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm just know. kidding. I don't know. Okay, so that's cool. And so I've been hearing a recurring theme talking to brokers about the need to diversify income. And so it seems to me there's two camps. There's one camp that says that just stick with mortgage brokering. And there's another camp that says, no, you need to get share of wallet. And, you know, you have this relationship. So I just want to know where you fall on diversifying your income. And if you are focusing on something outside of brokering, what is it? No, I am a broker. That's what I focus on is mortgages. I think some of that is because a few of my really great referral sources are excellent financial planners. And so often, you know, that whole piece of life insurance and critical illness and all that, that's where my client's coming from. And they've been well looked after in that regard. But no, my focus is to be an expert in mortgages. Okay. And so how do you run your mortgage practice and family? Because obviously you've got lots of stuff going on mm-hmm. being with, with the kids and life. And Yeah. Yeah. How- it's a bit crazy. I will say that you talked earlier about some mistakes I've made would be getting too involved volunteering with the kids stuff it's hard to say no sometimes but and it's hard in this business because sometimes you feel like you have time because you are working maybe from home so you know I've had to try to find a balance where I'm not doing everything for the kids stuff and there's lots of parents and people need to everybody needs to step up but it's all about time management we have several shared calendars in this house like on laptops and phones and Everything the kids are doing is an appointment in my calendar that my husband is invited to and he's expected to accept. (laughs) If he doesn't, I'm like, why aren't you accepting that appointment? That's awesome. Yeah. And so I'm going to move the rapid fire questions so that you can answer these with a little shorter answer if you like. So what's the number one thing you think holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? I think inconsistency and changing course. For me, it was I should have just stuck 100% with referral marketing from the beginning. Mm Mm-hmm. And what one thing or habits made you successful? Persistence and, you know, keeping up with a few the few key relationships that started trickling me business in the beginning. I still have clients from those very first six months in the business that are referring me to their friends consistently. Right. That's awesome. And so do you have an internet resource, like a software program that you use to make your business more successful? Yeah, I use Sage for my CRM. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I know our brokerage has a very good... CRM system, but I've been using this one for about four years now, so it's pretty hard to change. But I have things like that pre-approval follow-up is all set up in there as one. It's literally a click of one button, and there's reminders set up every two weeks to tell me what to email and to whom and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I use Dropbox, which helps with my assistant because she has access to my files. Mm -hmm. And then Microsoft Exchange for my emails. So that on my, because because I'm out and about with the kids all the time, I've got my laptop, my iPhone, and then my desktop at home. I need my emails to be the same in every place. Right. Yeah, that's good. So, and if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? It would be one of Scott Stratton's book. Any book on marketing and selling. The book of awesome and unawesome that he's written is great. He's a very funny guy, and he just has a really good way of telling stories that teach you stuff about how you can improve your business. Mm-hmm. I haven't read that one, so I'll have to check it out. So this is one of my favorite questions. It's a DeLorean question. Remember movie Back to the Future? 
Oh, yeah. And so the DeLorean's the car you get in and you can travel in time. So if I could set the DeLorean to your first day as a mortgage broker with the goal of sending you back to see your seven-year younger self, to give yourself three pieces of advice so that your business would be bigger and better today, what three things would you tell yourself to, to, so that you'd have a better business? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, number one, I would have started using Sage sooner. I think I started it about three, four years ago. Seven years ago would have been better <laughs> when I started. I track all my leads. I saw you did that on another call about lead tracking. That's something I started probably two or three years ago with Lionsphere. She's got a great lead tracking system. I would have done that from the beginning for sure because it's so much better to see where you're at. And then just sticking with the plan, just being really consistent all the time and not worrying about trying a new thing that may or may not work to stick with what's working. Right. That's great. So start using Sage or some sort of CRM system sooner. Start track all your leads and then be consistent and just stick with what's working and and not try the like you'd said the you know mail drops and things that tend to have a very low percentage. Exactly. So I'm just going to go back. I'm going to circle back to one thing you had talked about, which is that six, which I kind of I find interesting, is that pre-approval process where you have the mm-hmm. six emails over the I guess it's over 12 weeks. And so, do you have yeah. every single email has a particular like a, an item with it, or is it some of them are just emails? Yeah, no, they 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 all seem to have, they all have some sort of a a takeaway, an attachment. And sometimes I have to switch it up because you get these clients who will look for a place for, you know, years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I, the email starts with, you know, as you know, you have a pre-approval, this is your rate and it's good until whatever date. And that's all auto-filled mm-hmm. because I've put that info into my CRM. So that automatically populates. And sometimes I tweak it a little bit and then I just, it has some kind of an attachment or an idea for what they should be doing. I have a few other spare things that I can add in. Mm-hmm. And, then I, and then it it actually has a line in there about, feel free to share this with your friends or something if, if it's an update on rate. So it kind of subtly asks for referrals as well in some of them. Right. That's good. Would you be willing to share a couple of those with me and I could post them on the, yeah. in the show notes? Yeah, I mean, some of it is, is CMHC stuff. So, right. So it's not like, it's not your, it's not, a, you're just taking, which I think is brilliant to take content that someone's already taken the time to create and just repurpose it and put you, and you delivering it become the, you know, the expert because you're like, Hey, you need to check this out. And they're like, Oh, wow, you're awesome. So. Yeah. Well, in fact, recently, because these clients I've had, they've been looking for a really long time. So they've already received all my tools. So what I sent them this time was the recent fall market update from CNHC. Mm-hmm. Because that's online. It's a PDF. You just download it, save it. Right. That's great advice. Well, Marcy, I have really enjoyed this interview. And are, are you guys hiring at all? I Well, I just have a new broker starting with me in the next couple of weeks. And yes, I'm not interested in creating a team of hundreds, but certainly would be looking for one or two more who you know, want to do the same type of business I'm doing with building relationships and build a good, strong, steady brokerage that can sustain over time. Mm-hmm. So yes. The answer is yes. And where can people find you online? It's askmarcy.ca. That's a really easy uh, domain to, to remember. And so, Marcy, I really appreciate your time today. And there's been lots of great stuff in this. If anybody's listening to this, they can go to I Love Mortgage Brokering and check out the show notes. We'll have some links. We'll have some of the stuff that Marcy was sharing with the resources that she uses with pre-approvals. And Marcy, I hope you absolutely rock the rest of your year. Thank you so much. And I appreciate you including me in this. It's, I feel honored. It's a company I'm keeping. <laughs> It's it's been it's it's a great uh, I've been enjoying these interviews a lot and so hopefully the other people are getting stuff from them too. Yeah, no, it's great. Thanks. Want to learn from the top five mortgage brokers in the country? Then you have come to the right place. Join Scott Peckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. 
Hey Broker Nation, Scott Beckford here. Have you joined our VIP club for mortgage brokers yet? If not, you're missing out. We share exclusive content not available on the web or the show. We share scripts, step-by-step guides, and other insider tips to help you save time and make you more money. I can't tell you how many times after I turn off the recorder, a guest starts sharing some awesome advice or a script or, or a tip, and I take the best of this and share it with my VIPs. If you want to get on the list, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. That's ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. Oh, and one other thing. Since this is exclusively for mortgage brokers, there is a skill testing question. Good luck, and I hope you continue to rock your mortgage business.